Well, good morning, Christ Center. How are you guys doing this morning? You're all talking and loving each other. That is my favorite, absolute favorite sound. We comment about it all the time, but it's because it's true. I think it's going to be, they always talk about like, when you get near God, it's like many waters. Have you noticed when we're all talking, it sounds like many waters, just that really good roar? I think it makes dad so happy hearing his kids just loving on each other like that. You guys are rock stars. Well, listen, today is an amazing day. I have to tell you right up front, I didn't prepare at all. Does that make you comfortable? Is that, are you happy about that? Actually, I had one, one, one person tell me one time, like, you should just get up there and just like not even prepare, just let the Holy Spirit lead you. And I said, I just want you to know when that happens, the sermon is like an hour and 20 minutes because I'm making it up as I go. It doesn't go well. You really do want us to prepare. And the reason why I didn't prepare is because we have some wonderful, wonderful um, friends and family of the house, Tom and Terry White. Can we just greet them as they come, our amazing friends? I'm going to talk a little more about them, but can we just give them a good christ Center greeting? Let's honor these guys. We have had the pleasure of um, ministering alongside of Tom and Terry now for several years. The first time that I met this wild man and woman of the faith was at the uh, One Hope Prayer Summit. And um, Tom has been, Tom and Terry have been mentoring the One Hope movement here, but not only us, but movements like this, gospel movements all over the world. So they are truly uh, apostolic leaders whom God has called to help to facilitate seeing churches come together and be the church in different cities and seeing a kingdom work. It really is incredible. And um, so some time ago, we prayed about it and we were super excited to get an opportunity to not only um, uh, enjoy the influence of your ministries here in Lane County, but also to take them on as missionaries here. As you guys know, we pray for them and they, they come up on the slide, but we have them live today even better. And so Tom and Terry are gonna bring a word. And um, I just want you to put your hand on your heart. I'm gonna pray over these guys and I want us to just receive this. Father, we thank you so much for Tom and Terry, Lord. We praise you, God, for the kind of gift that they are to the body. Lord, that you have anointed them and called them, Father, to convene the church together, to see from a higher perspective, Lord, what you're building, Lord, to be able to see a larger picture and how we play a part in it. Lord, I ask that all of us today would be able to receive encouragement from your heart, Father, for who we are as the bride. And I pray that we could receive it through Tom and Terry, Lord, as you have uniquely anointed them and appointed them to be able to bring vision, instruction, and then even through them, Lord, a release of anointing in our lives, Lord, to be in line with what you did when you called us into your kingdom. Let your will be done today in Jesus' name. And if you receive that, say amen. All right. Amen. Thanks, Josh. Joy to be in your house this morning. Uh, actually, Terry and I have long history uh, with you, uh, with Josh and Karen, with Jason and Sarah, uh, also with Kristen and Mark uh, here, uh, Ed and Red. Uh, just love these brothers. They've faithfully shown up at Cana Beach uh, many, many, many times. We're deeply, deeply grateful for your investment in our calling. We're uh, grateful for your prayers. And so we're going to just uh, bring a little bit of a frontline ministry update up front. And then I'll minister the word to you. So I just want to introduce to you my life partner, Terry, of 46 years, and my colleague in ministry, Terry White. Thank you. 
I just want to start by saying, uh, so I reflected on this, I remember very clearly 25 years ago when Tom and I were standing in the kitchen processing, you know what that's like, and um, he's, we were just beginning our ministry uh, as far as God giving us a model of how leaders could begin to walk together, and he said, and I could see it burning in him, he said, if in the next, in my lifetime, if I could just see six models of leaders who have caught the vision to really walk in authentic love together, and if I could just see them seeking the Lord together for the unique blueprint for their city, and if I could just um, see them implementing together the good news with the good works and seeing the body of Christ actually in a city doing this together, he said, I'd feel so honored if the Lord would allow this. And now 25 years later, I can say that we have been privileged to see hundreds of cities, to see this model, and there are other models out there, this is the model God gave us, hundreds of cities being birthed in what you're experiencing with one hope all over the world. I just want you to know something about us. We're builders. We don't go in a city and out of a city. We go back to cities. We are strong, our strongest point is relationships. And we have relationships all over the world, but they're deep relationships. And we want to see sustainable unity, right? And um, so it's a work that only the Lord can do because really all we do in this model with the prayer summit you've heard is we just make a place. We make a place for leaders of a city to come together. And in that place, God begins to speak to them and to move in their hearts, and we get to watch how he's moving, and then God uses us in, uh, as a guide to just help uh, come alongside and build that um, for uh, his sovereign purposes. And so we've been able to just be blessed to see that in our, in our lives. So in 1991, the Lord sovereignly messed with our lives. Anyone identify with this? changed our trajectory dramatically. And uh, I was kind of involved in spiritual warfare ministry worldwide. And then I went to a prayer meeting that changed my life. And I saw pastors coming together, repenting of competition and pride, and uh, actually seeing uh, answers to Jesus' prayer that we would love one another. So in 1991, we began the journey of leading prayer summits. That's a lot of what Frontline Ministries is, is involved with. Uh, also, then we, uh, we do consulting of city movements. We, we help put leadership teams in place, like One Hope Network here in Lane County. Uh, and then leaders come together and they say, what must we do together to impact our city or county that we can't do on our own? So here's the latest story. All right, you, you want a hot breaking story? Uh, check out this picture from Patterson, New Jersey. And this is one of the most broken cities in the country. They actually say it's one of the top, most dysfunctional cities in our nation. Racial uh, problems and tension, economic disparity, you know, all kinds of problems. Nobody wants to stay in Patterson. And so last October, we had a third prayer summit, a gathering where we just say, let's come together and meet with God and with one another. And there were just a few Anglos, myself one of them, 
Okay, mostly African-American leaders, whom you see on the screen, Latino uh, men and women leaders. And I just want to say during a simple time of worship, and so what we do, Psalm 133, brothers and sisters come together. We come together. And in a time of worship, the Holy Spirit came into the room in a dramatic way. Hearts melted. Every man and woman knew unmistakably that God, who lives in lofty places, just chose to come to a low place, a broken place. And there was a flood of healing that came into the room, into the hearts of these leaders. So this is a part of a leadership team that was put in place. They are up and running and on the journey. Um, also what we're involved in, and it just not just prayer summits, but uh, a, a format I've designed called City Advance. It's a leadership learning community. So this kind of thing in Patterson happens in cities, but we're also involved regionally. And so there's a city advance now that's hosted here in Eugene every year. We've done this 20 years in the Pacific Northwest. So this is city movements coming together to learn from one another. How's the Holy Spirit moving? Uh, how is God bringing increased unity and collaboration uh, in, in impacting a city? So this is your One Hope team. It's a little dark up there. Right? Uh, but this is Steve and Patty and uh, Christians in the mix, Christy McIntyre, uh, you know, others that are involved here. And friends, I just want to say this. There is a movement of the Holy Spirit in our valley. There's a beautiful, beautiful work of the Spirit of God bringing forth this kind of unity in Woodburn. When you drive by Woodburn, don't just go to the malls. Just pray a release of God's blessing on that city. Sweet Home is in the mix, the Eastern Gate. I was just a couple months ago down in Grants Pass, and they are kind of, again, uh, these are pastors, leaders of congregations, organizations, marketplace leaders who are saying, how do we walk and work together? And so there is a move of God, particularly in this valley, and I just want to encourage you, continue to pray. Lord, open the heavens. Are you with me? Lord, open the heavens over the Willamette Valley and do what you want to do. So this is a part of our journey. Terry's going to pick up with where we were just this last January at the uh, summit out at Cannon Beach. We um, went to uh, Cannon Beach at the very end. One Hope graciously um, called us in the center and prayed for us, all the leaders, because we were leaving to go to India to eight cities for six weeks. And... Um, we called this journey our Emmanuel journey because the Lord really fingerprinted our lives when we were there just from the prayers that they prayed for us. And to begin with, um, Tom, for the first time in 30 years, decided to take a backpack uh, as a carry-on instead of a suitcase. And so we were in the Delhi airport when we, you know, it was the first, our first stop. We're in the Delhi airport. We're just ready to leave with, you know, we've got our cart with all of our luggage. We're just ready to leave to go out the door. Once you go out the door of the airport, you can't get back in. And this Indian man comes running up and says, Tom White, I found Tom White. And Tom <laughs> looks at him and says, I don't know you. He said, no, but you have my backpack. He says, they're identical. And I've been going this whole airport. Your name's on, this, on your backpack. I've been searching this airport for Tom White, and here you are. And he said, I see it right here. And uh, I said, you know, there's a God in the heavens, and he's very personal. And he arranged that you would, we would find each other today. And the man kind of embraced Tom, went on his way, and we pushed 
our cart out and I looked at Tom and he looked at me and I thought, if he only knew, we had $12,000 in our backpack. Why did we have $12,000 in our backpack? Because our daughter is a missionary in <laughs> India. <laughs> and she can't get money through the bank, so people like us bring it in. But to say that she's a, she was a missionary in Mongolia for five years with the herders in the Gobi Desert, now God's called her to the northern part of India, and she works with village reached and unreached people. And um, so what is amazing is that all these years in India, Tom has worked in cities, but because of Melissa's um, life calling, now God is opening doors for Tom to do summits in villages and vision casting of unity in the villages. Why? Because God loves cities, but he loves village people. He loves all peoples. And this has been a very precious thing for our family to work together and see God bring us together in this way. And so he, her colleague, uh, indigenous colleague, Nalam, said, we'll, when you go to Broken Stone, Melissa's been in this village three years. She has a goat farm. She takes goats, and she gives a couple goats to these people. And now, like, they have 30 goats, sustainability. And when they go into this village, she does Bible teaching and other things. But he said, will you come speak at a chapel? There's three pastors in this village who have lived here their whole life, one Catholic, two evangelicals. And he said, will you share with them and the people about unity? And so Tom did. And you have to get this picture that you're in the village, you're in this chapel. And Tom said, you know, you just have to take the first step. And the first step is begin to pray together because see those hills out there? You go down a ravine, through a river, and up, and you see those hills. It's filled with unreached Hindus and Buddhists. And you, broken stone, can be a light if you begin to pray. You can be a light to reach those people. And guess what? They're beginning to pray. It's awesome. And last week, Melissa wrote me and said, Mom, I went down through the river, I went up to the village and did animal health care trainings, and I got to spend an hour talking to a Buddhist about Christ. Already an answer to prayers. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I've been to India four times at strategic times when these models have been birthed. Um, and I will just say that uh, India is a very uh, daunting place. It's very dark. Um, we've um, been, I, I would just say that there's a lot of, I call it rubble. There's physical rubble, but there's soul rubble. <laughs> a lot of it. Um, Mumbai only has 24 million people. Um, we were there, and God, 15 years ago, birthed what you have at One Hope here. He birthed it. We were there. And now, 15 years later, it's incredible how they're walking together and have impact to reach the city of 24 million. And then there's Calcutta. Um, only has 20 million, but has only 200 churches. Very, very, very dark place. We went back there this time. Then there's Gangtok. It's on the north border. This pastor met found Tom and said, will you come to Gang Talk? I heard about prayer summits. We want unity. And three years ago, I got to be a part of being there and seeing that birth. 
where pastors came to this summit, and now there's a team of 12. They're walking together, asking God, what's the blueprint for our city? Isn't that amazing? Then we went to Chandigarh three years ago. That's on the border of Kashmir. One man traveled 12 hours to get there. Again, a pastor said, will you please come? We've heard about this. And while we were there, the Lord moved, and they have formed a team. And we, second year, Tom went. They had to put, this is a very military place. We were the only Americans there this time that we could see. And they had to put a blanket over Tom's head when he went in and out of meetings last time because of the militants. This time we were in the city, and there was problems in Kashmir and India, so it's a lot of military. But there's only less than 1% of Christians there. But God is birthing something with the team in this city. That is, there is, what is the blueprint, God, for our city of Shantagar? It's incredible to watch. I just want to say in closing that um, we, as our model, begin to make a place. And as Tom said, God comes and transformation happens. Lights go on in pastors. And they realize they've been living in silos. And they've been realizing that God individually speaks to them and corporately begins to speak to them. And, but I want to say unity is hard work. I do not want to give a just a glory story here. The enemy hates it. And they have to learn to trust one another, to forbear with one another. They have to learn to lay down and sacrifice their own desires and positions to build the body of Christ, to build the house of the Lord. And we were in Calcutta, and we saw this beautiful thing birthed, but then it diminished. And for 12 years, three men never gave up praying. Every week they prayed for Calcutta and for unity. And we went back this time and we got to see, we got to see the fruit of their prayers. Young people saying, we want this. It's not easy. But the one thing I've learned, as I've observed, is don't despise the day of small things. And don't minimize the day of small steps that you take in your life. Because all these people I've shared, they're just ordinary people. But what did they do? They took a first step. They went to a prayer summit. They took another step. They said, I'm all in for unity. I'm going to love authentically. I'm all in. If it means forgiveness, if that's the next step, I'm doing it. If it means praying and going to a prayer meeting every week, I'm doing it, Lord. I'm going to take the next step and the next step and the next step. That's all we've done. That's all they've done. But in the process, when God is in your step, it becomes extraordinary. And you become part of the story of him building the house of the Lord. So let's not minimize what we've seen in the world um, all over has been a privilege, and it continues. Amen. Beautiful. <clears throat> I just have to tell you, folks, I'm glad I have Terry White on my team. <laughs> she is awesome. And the first time I took Terry to Calcutta, I was frankly nervous. I said, man, how's my wife going to handle this chaos? She was a trooper and uh, really kind of, you know, stabilized me in the midst of all of that. Um, so, hey, just a little bit of, uh, you know, current update. Where are we now? From, from India, right? Terry was with me for three weeks, and one of the Emmanuel fingerprints was, was this. We were there in Chandigarh when the war broke out between India and Pakistan. 
terrorist bomb goes off uh, from Pakistan, 40 Indians killed. All of a sudden, you know, there's, there's military stuff going on er everywhere. So the night Terry was flying out to come back to the U.S., I was going to stay in Delhi and go on and do some more things. Uh, we, we got this flight out, and she made her flight. It was the last flight out of Chandigarh for a week. And so if, if the Lord hadn't opened that door, we'd have probably put her on a taxi to go seven, you know, rapid hours to get down to Delhi. So from, from India then, I went on, and I just want to show the picture of, uh, of Dubai here. And um, there was this gathering, first ever public gathering, allowed by the government of UAE for the Christians to, to come together in a large hotel. And as you'll see on this, there were Anglicans and Catholics, Evangelicals, Baptists, Presbyterians, and Pentecostals, okay, in the same house. And uh, so they're calling Dubai the hole in the Islamic fence. And so I was privileged to be there as a part of an international global group of leaders to be a part of that event. And, uh, it, and if the Lord opens the door for this, Terry and I may go back in September for a prayer summit gathering with leaders not only of Dubai but Abu Dhabi, the capital city, down further. And then this is fresh. This is current. This is Nairobi. This is just two weeks ago first ever gathering of leaders like this. And in this room, in this picture, are high-level bishops, you know, leaders of tens of thousands. And yes, a very strategic city in Africa, but as Terry mentioned, very siloed. Each denomination, congregation kind of doing its own thing. And I just want to say the Lord came in a beautiful, beautiful way. When we come together, the Lord commands blessing. And so this is a fresh open door. Then we went to Mombasa, and we anticipate there might be continued doors that will open. And then the final slide here, this is where we're headed next. Uh, this is the picture of a map of India. And my colleagues and I are involved currently at this level that Terry's describing in about 40 to 50 cities. So again, first time ever in September, this is really on the planning stage, a national prayer summit with these leaders from 40 or 50 cities across India simply to come together to say, Lord, how are you wanting us to strategize to better reach the, sin, the cities and the lost people of this nation? Just join with me in prayer just for a moment. Lord, as you're opening these doors, as you're opening the door to India, I just uh, thank you. Terry and I are so grateful for your handiwork. This is you. Lord, this, this, this is your grace. This is the grace of unity and your commanded blessing. And thank you for the participation of Christ Center, investing in this vision and praying for your work. You are the designer. You have the blueprint. And we're just privileged to be a part of your plan. So we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Friends, I want to, for a few moments that remain, just uh, bring you the word of the Lord. I want, I want to ask a question. I want to ask a question. Uh, what can you do in your own personal life, what can you do in your family, in your home, to open a door, to open a door for the presence and the favor of the Lord? Uh, Terry and I have learned three things, and uh, I just want to summarize this this morning in a very, very simple way. I want to bring to you two key words, and we've, we've titled this Building the House of the Lord. I believe a theme that goes all the way through Scripture, Old Testament, and into New Testament is this picture of, uh, of a dwelling. The Lord says, I want there to be a dwelling place. Okay? I want to be with you. I want to be among you. So first, this word house, and then secondly, this word dwelling. And the, the language of the Bible is very, very clear. It is familial. It is organic, not organizational. 
You know, we've just become too much patterned in the Western world of, of thinking about church as an institution or a building or an organization. Uh, truly, biblically, Old Testament all the way through, uh, God is a God who wants to welcome us into his family. And it's just very, very relational. So go, if you would, on the slide to Leviticus chapter 26. Um, I think you probably have a verse or a passage of Scripture where you camp, right? It's just very meaningful to you. It's very deep for you. I've been camping here in Leviticus uh, 26 for quite some time. I will keep my covenant with you, says the Lord. I will put my dwelling place among you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you will be my people. I want to go to another psalm, and this is David. And uh, again, one of these verses where I've just kind of been camping for a period of time. And we know David's heart. The Lord says he's a man after God's heart. This is Psalm 26, verse 8. I love the house where you live, O Lord. I love the house where you live, O Lord, the place where your glory dwells. So the first thing Terry and I have learned is if we're going to invite the presence of God into our hearts, into our own homes, right? Right here in Junction City, Lane County. It begins with desire. It begins with the spirit of seeking. This was the heart of David. Now, if you drop down into Psalm 27, the very, the very next psalm, he says that there's this one thing, this one thing I ask, that also will I seek. Okay, this is a man who's a king. This is a man who's got many responsibilities. He says, this one thing I choose, that which I seek. The word seek appears four times in these first few verses of Psalm 27. And what is it? What is it? It says that I would just sit at the feet of the Lord and behold his beauty and dwell in his presence. So if we are in our own homes going to experience the presence of the Lord, it starts with that number one step of, of, of a deep desire. I call it a spirit of, of, of seeking his face. When Terry and I were raising our, our kids, Joshua and Melissa, we did a very simple thing. They're musical. Josh played the keyboard a little bit. He learned how to do that. Melissa loves to sing. Just a beautiful voice. All we did uh, once, about once a week on a Friday night was have family praise time. And uh, the Lord many times came to dwell in our house. We can get caught in this big, grandiose language, all these scriptural themes about building the house of the Lord and, you know, dwelling in his temple. My friends, I want to say this morning, the Lord wants to come to your house. He wants to manifest his presence in your prayer times, in a worship time, in your house with your family. And all we did was simply open a door. We were singing some worship songs together, letting our children get involved in that. And then we would always pray. And I just have to tell you, the many, many times we just open our hearts to the Lord in simple prayer, and there would be a clear, manifest presence of God that would come into our house. We did Shabbat meals. Okay, we have a little bit of Jewish history, and so we did our own kind of version of doing a Shabbat meal before going to church, just as usually for us Saturday night. And what is Shabbat? It is simply welcoming the rest of God. It's just welcome, you know, Lord, come. You know, our, our, our pace of life is so frantic. It's frenetic keeping up with, you know, texts and, you know, Twitter and Instagram, all this flood of information. Is it wearing you out a bit? Okay. Now, this is a, this is a Terry phrase. We need to build little Shabbats 
into our daily lives. Not just one day, but we need to welcome the presence of Jesus in, in, in a little walk, you know, uh, or break time or over lunch. And so this begins with a desire to seek the Lord and say, Lord, I know you're doing big things in the earth. These are wonderful stories, and you're building your house in Mumbai, in, you know, in, uh, and in Nairobi, all these wonderful places. God, build your house in my house. So it begins with that desire. Secondly, I want to go to another scripture. This is Isaiah 66, and we're looking at the word house again. And this is the Lord's inquiry through Isaiah. And he says this, where's the house you will build for me? Where's the house you will build for me? What can you do, right, to, to, to make a place for him? And this is what amazes me. Where will my resting place be? Friends, we think that we need to do something to find relief from the stress, relief from the frantic pace of life, right? Yes, true. That's in the presence of the Lord. But here's what's amazing. He says he finds his resting place with you and me. Beautiful. This is a father who wants to be with his children, okay? Who wants to be near to us. So, and then he answers his own question. This is the one I esteem. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. So point number two is God comes and manifests his presence in hearts that are humble, where we're broken, and where we say, Lord, we just want to be near to you. So I'm backing up into Isaiah 57 and also speaking on the same theme. This is a recipe for revival, okay? And this little passage, Isaiah 57, I live in a high and a lofty place, but also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. So if we want an increased presence of God's favor in our lives and in our families, we say, Lord, stir in my heart a deeper desire to seek you. Let me just follow after David's advice. Secondly, Lord, bring me into that place of brokenness and humility because that is where he clearly says he comes to dwell. He who lives in lofty places is waiting to come to a lowly place. And so that's Patterson, New Jersey. That's a village filled with animists and Buddhists in Northeast India. And so he wants to manifest his presence through you and me and our prayers. And a third thing, a third clear thing Terry and I have learned over the years to, to attract the presence and the favor of the Lord is do all you can do to live in unity with brothers and sisters in your world, in this house, in Christ's center, absolutely. Terry's right. This is time and labor intensive. Okay, are you tracking here? You know, we don't all get along all the time. There are little frictions and there are differences, different personalities, different ways of doing things. There are sandpaper people in my world. Sandpaper people. And I do this little say, Lord, would, would you just give me grace to continue to keep my relationships right with everyone around me? Keep short accounts. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Deal with your anger. Don't give the devil an opening. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Ephesians 4:28. I love this. Don't let any word come out of your mouth but that which is meant to bless and to build up. So I want to go to just one final house passage. We're moving into the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 2. Beautiful portion. Beautiful portion. And um, 
the Lord manifests his presence and favor when you and I make every effort we can to preserve the unity of the Holy Spirit in our relationships. So here's Paul, chapter 2, talking again about the house. He says about Jesus, he is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier. So simply, the shedding of the blood of Jesus, his sacrificial atonement, brings down the wall, the barrier. In this context, he's talking about Jews who were chosen of God. They had a mindset of superiority, but God says, oh, no, no. I, I sent my son to die for everyone and bring down the wall. And now this is the phrase, there's one new man, one new man. And then Paul says this, that have one access, common access to the Father. And it is just like in this passage, the Lord is saying through Paul's writing, welcome to the fam. Welcome to the family. Not just to Jews, but to Gentiles, anyone who will believe in my son. Um, probably the most dramatic picture of this that I've ever experienced, 1995, Mount Carmel in Israel, the first ever prayer summit in that land. I was invited. Dr. Joe Aldrich from Multnomah Bible College went with me, sat with me. 27 men, most of them Messianic Jews, you know, with their Birkenstock sandals and their shorts and their T-shirts with tambourines and violins, jumping up and down, singing in Hebrew. There were some Russian immigrant Jews, you know, from, uh, from Russia. I mean, they were just, they were alive, vibrant. And uh, over on the other side were about five or six uh, Arab Christians from Nazareth, Suhail Ramadan, with his Bible under one arm and his Baptist hymnal under the other arm, looking very uncomfortable. Josh, you would have made this guy nervous, dude. Okay? And so here's these mess messianics jumping up and down. And, uh, you know, these, these, these Arab Christians who were there, nervous. Like, why are we in this meeting? And so I'll never forget during a, a praise song, my friend Reuben, Reuben got off of his chair on his knees, and on his knees walked or crawled across the room and put his hands on Suhail's knees and looked up at him and said, my brother, forgive me. Forgive me for my Jewish pride. Forgive me for thinking myself better than you. You are my brother in Yesu, Arabic name for Jesus. You are my brother. My friends, the wall came down. The wall came down. Welcome to the family. So look at Paul's language here. It's up on the slide, uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Um, if we could go there, Ephesians 2, how, yeah. Yep, yeah, one back. In him, Jesus, the whole building, the whole building, is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you are being built. Now, the language is this. It's not a finished project. You've got construction projects, you know, around Junction City. I built some houses here way, way, way back. Construction project. You look at it, you say, how can anyone live here? What a mess. All this rubble around and all this mess. But, uh, you know, there comes a day when it's ready for occupancy. So we are a people in process. Amen? Okay. And so Paul is saying here that we are rising, we are being built, living stone upon living stone, and the Lord is wanting to fill the house with his presence. And so it is for you and me to just say, Lord, where do I fit in this house? Okay? Where do I fit as a living stone in Christ's center? Okay? And, and Lord, how do I fit relationally? How do I fit functionally? And so uh, the Lord wants us to really find out where we fit in this family context. And then a final portion, 1 Peter 2. 
He goes a little bit further. The same Hebraic language. Paul, Peter were Jews. They're using old covenant language, old covenant pictures of a temple and priesthood with living stones. Now, now Peter does it this way. He says, you are all radiant, vibrant stones. Everyone's unique. Every stone has its own dis distinctive nature. And we come together as God's people for this very purpose. Terry mentioned it earlier, to proclaim the good news and to engage in good deeds. So here's the picture that I want to leave you with today. We'll go to the last slide. We can just go to the, the three expressions. I believe there are three clear expressions of the house of the Lord. I'm going to talk just about two of them as we close. Number one is us right here this morning, healthy congregations. I love your house. I love your passion for worship. I love what Ed has developed here with restoration ministries and healing. I love what you're doing with soul care. Okay, Mark, I just love you're encouraging the men to go to Roundup. Phenomenal amount. You know, so, so the Lord is for healthy congregations. Okay, and it's just, you know, joy for us to be in your house this morning and experience that. Uh, and you've got distinctives, theological background. That's all good, right? And so you preserve that. But secondly, there's the city church, the wider body of Jesus across Lane County. That's Presbyterians and Baptists and Methodists and born-again Catholics and Episcopalians, you know, Charismatics, Pentecostals. Uh, the Bible is very clear. We are one body. There's one Holy Spirit. There's one faith that we're to walk in. So this is uh, the One Hope Network. And we've walked alongside Stephen Patty and the One Hope team. Beautiful. Project Hope in August. You just did a festival just proclaiming the gospel to Lane County. Uh, I think Thanksgiving, preparing boxes and to send food out to folks. Citywide worship. Keep these various things where it says that this is the time for every congregation to honor other congregations and for us to identify together. And so we ask, what does that look like? It looks like One Hope Network here in Lane County. For us up in Corvallis, it's City Church Corvallis. And we engage some of these same kinds of rhythms where we say, Lord, would you, would you pour blessing on the wider body as we work at unity together? So I want to take you to the northeast coast of England as we close. And this is a picture of the citywide church coming together. This is a place called Teesside, and uh, you're going to hear a lot of voices and see faces that are saying, we are the church of Teesside. You are the church of Lane County. But let's just go to another place in England and see and feel what this looks like. Let's go there. Let me tell you about my church. My church is big, it's wide, it's full of variety and surprises. My church has more than 130 campuses in Teesside alone. We have campuses in the town centre. In the middle of one of the most deprived estates in the UK. We have campuses in the suburbs. We're on industrial estates. We probably have a campus just around the corner from where you live. Each campus of my church has a different expression of worship and community life. They vary dramatically in size, in style, in history, and in demographic. My church is energetic and sometimes has skinny jeans. My church is deep and reflective, and sometimes the men wear dresses. We wave incense, we light candles. We dance around in worship and throw our arms up in the air. We eat bread and we drink wine. 
We splash heads and we dunk all the way under. My church is black and white and Asian and we're born in Teesside and Iran and Japan and Peru. My church is feeding the poor. We are battling drug and alcohol addiction. Fighting isolation and loneliness. We're building community. We fight debt, unemployment, depression and hopelessness. We serve people in pain. And those who have a path. We are out on the streets. We are in schools, community centres and prisons. We run youth groups, kids clubs, jobs clubs and counselling services. We host drop-ins, women's groups and men's breakfasts and a whole load of mums and toddlers groups. In my church, Jesus is our King. We aren't just a church building and we're not just open on Sundays. Jesus has us scattered all across Teesside. My church is in education and health and media and local government. My church is scattered like salt into every nook and cranny of Teesside. My church is like yeast, working to transform our communities. We are the Church of Teesside. We are the Church of Teesside. We are the Church of Teesside. We are the Church. We are the Church. We have the same King, we have the same mission, and we are placed here in the same land. We are one church. 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 And we are transforming Teesside together. Is that good? <laughs> now tell me, does that encourage your heart? Okay, you are the Church of Lane County. And I'll tell you, there are, there are expressions like this just popping up all over the world. You know why? Because people are just tired of organizations and tired of competition. The body of Jesus just wants to be the body and come together. And there's just blessing and synergy the Lord pours through that when we do take those steps to come together. So we're here this morning to say this to you, friends. Be the best christ center you can be. Okay? Be who you are and engage your distinctives and be a healthy, thriving congregation. But I also want to say to you, be open, be open for the Lord to say to you, I need your stone on the wall of Lane County. I need you to step up and be involved in the wider body of Christ across Lane County. I believe God is wanting to send uh, a, a spiritual awakening to this valley, and, it, and you can be a part of that. Let's go to him in prayer as we close. Father, thank you for your amazing handiwork. Thank you for these answers to the prayer of your son all over the world. Thank you for the beauty of unity and diversity. And God, this is your, this is your heart and this is your design. And we're just simply privileged to be a part of what you are doing in city after city and nation after nation. And God bless this congregation for their investment in your work and in your blueprint. You know, as we close, friends, I just, I just feel from the Lord to, to ask this. Is there anyone here? Is there anyone here who would be saying, Lord, um, I, I need to know how I fit in Christ's center. What's, what's my fit? What's my role? Where does my stone get placed? Okay, if, if that's you responding, just, just stand as we're in prayer. Just, just stand. I want to pray for you. Lord, I don't quite know really 
my function here. I don't know where I fit. I really want clarity on that assignment. What's my assignment in this congregation? If that's you, just, just stand. And in standing, you're saying, Lord, I'm just asking you. Okay? I'm, you know, I'm just guessing most of you really know already where you fit. Here's the next question. Are there any here who would say, Lord, I want to be available. I want to be available as a stone on the wall of Lane County. I want you to show me my assignment on the wall. That's what the Lord is saying this morning. Is there anyone here who would say, Lord, what's my assignment on the wall? Is it family ministry? Is it working with kids in trouble? Is it, is it every child? Is it foster care? Uh, is it the homeless? Lord, how do you want to use me outside of just this congregation? Anyone else? You're just, you're just a simple prayer in your own heart to the Lord saying, God, show me my assignment. Beautiful. Just your own response, your own prayer to the Lord and to be a part of his blueprint. Father, answer these brothers and sisters and give clear direction, revelation as to how they might have a role in the wider work you're doing across Lane County. And as you, Lord, place their stones on the wall, we'll give you thanks and praise. For the honor of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks, my friends. It's been a joy for Terry and I to be here with you this morning. And I uh, love your house and love the Lord dwelling in your house. How many of you were encouraged? Isn't that amazing? It's so good to see what God's doing. Yes, hallelujah, through the earth. And um, it's, it's so awesome that God calls us to be a part of something that's so much greater than ourselves. We have wonderful local victories happening in our congregation, great things going on in our city, great things going in our, in our cities. And then you hear what God's doing internationally. It's just, it's such an encouragement, especially when we have, like, if we're in one of those seasons, I was so blessed by those three men or people, I don't know if they were all men, but men and women that agreed to pray for 12 years. And I was just thinking about that. I was thinking about those three people while you're waiting to see the promises of God happening and you're continuing to just keep pounding through prayer and saying, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And the reality is, had they not prayed, it'd be another 12 years until the Lord found three other people that would pray. Our prayers are so powerful. Nothing happens without prayer. So I just, I want to encourage, that was just burning in my heart. I want to encourage those of you that are just sort of like, what, you know, like you're, you're waiting, keep praying, keep joining together, know that you're faithfully bringing the kingdom. You're going to see that breakthrough if you don't faint. So just keep praying, just keep going. Well, as is our custom, when we have missionaries in the house, uh, we love to take an opportunity to give a love offering. So we're going to do that right now. So can the ushers come? And uh, we just want to sow into Tom and Terry and the ministry that God is doing through you. And we're so grateful uh, to be walking and collaborating with you. Yeah, go ahead and start passing those. And, um, and we're going to multitask because the Lord is able to focus on more than one thing at a time. So while we pass those baskets, I'm going to pray on behalf of Christ Center over you, over you guys. So, Father in heaven... I am so grateful, and we are so grateful for Tom and Terry. Lord, we praise you because your protection is already over them, but we do say, Lord, continue to protect them. I don't know how our prayers translate into fuel for the angels, Lord, but I do know that when we pray, 
that those fiery servants, Lord, that serve those who are inheriting salvation, Lord, those warring angels, those provision angels are released to protect your beloved ones. And Father, I pray, God, that, that they would be strengthened by our prayers on behalf of Tom and Terry as they continue to extend the kingdom in strategic places where there is warfare, Lord. And I just call for their protection to be great. I also ask, Lord, that you would bless them, Father, that you would bless them financially, spiritually, physically, and emotionally in the name of Jesus Christ, that they would prosper and be in health even as their soul prospers. God, I pray that you would continue to give them the desires of their heart, that they would see every promise that you've given them come to pass, Lord. And lastly, Father, I ask God that your joy, which is strength, would be so upon them and in them and through them and to them that they would have an overflow, an overflow of strength as they continue to faithfully serve. Lord, we add our hearts to their heart and we thank you, Father, that we can be in relationship with them. Their victories are our victories and our victories are theirs. So bless us, Lord, as we continue to minister in your name. We ask in Jesus' name. And if you guys agree, say amen. Amen. God bless you guys. The prayer servant team is coming forward. Please receive prayer and ministry and encouragement in what you're doing as a living stone in our cities. God bless you guys. We will see you next week. Let me fall till I reach your grave beyond. Past the joys and through the sorrows. Take my hand. You leave.